Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Extraterrestrial Reality. There was some footage released on Twitter this week by a person named Anonymous Shadow. Uh, This is somebody I follow on Twitter. This person uh, constantly has really good video and film and pictures of UFOs. Some of it could be fake sometimes. He's not sure. Uh, But uh, there was something that he released uh, this week. Um. And uh, this was pretty amazing stuff, actually. And it, and it may actually be actual footage of a UFO, a flying saucer, crashing. Um, now, for people who listen to the podcast, I will leave a link to the video version of this podcast, as well as a link to the Twitter page uh, where I found this, uh, where it was posted by Anonymous Shadow. And you can see it for yourself. Uh, it's it's hard to tell if it was uh, if it was used if film was used to make this or if it was uh, filmed with video. It it does look aged. It looks old, and it does look like it happened in Mexico because uh, there's a mountain in the background where you can see this flying saucer crashing that matches up with the same mountain where apparently a UFO crashed back in July of uh, 1977. Uh, there was a story, of, uh, and we're going to get into that in a second here. Uh, but this footage is is pretty amazing stuff. Uh, I mean, you could. It seems like it was filmed from a plane, or maybe a jet. I'm not sure, but uh, maybe a helicopter. But you could, it sounds like you could hear a motor uh, running, uh, and this where this was filmed, from where this was filmed, and then uh, you could see and hear like the crash in the background, um, or in the foreground, I should say once this thing lands and there's a close-up of it too uh this little video segment it's only a few seconds long but it's uh it's pretty clear it's it's a flying saucer and there's a smoke trail behind it and it goes basically it's out of control it's going back and forth and then it uh disappears behind a, a mountain range and then you can hear it crashing um whether it was shot at or somebody shot it down or there was some other issue but uh i, I who knows uh, but anyway, there was an article that uh, I, I dug up on this, uh, and it was from a site called Mexico Unexplained, the Pueblo UFO crash of 1977. And before I get into this article here, uh, I just want to point out that uh, now Anonymous Shadow had posted this um, uh, on October 2nd, and uh, I don't know where he, where he got it from. He didn't say where he found this footage. Um a lot of times, you know, people there's there's a there's a lot of different Twitter users that that come up with some really interesting stuff all the time, and Anonymous Shadow is most certainly one of them. Uh, again, like I think sometimes uh, some of the stuff that he comes up with, you know, it could be CGI or something, but I'm not sure about this one. This one looks like it could possibly be real. I'm not saying it is real, but let me just say that it's uh, it's very intriguing to say the least. I, I must say. 
Uh, but anyway, he posted this, and then somebody on Reddit, and I will also leave the link to, uh, to this uh, Reddit uh, discussion about this. There was a Reddit discussion that uh, was started not long after this was posted, and somebody, uh, one of the users, Late Coat 1971 uh, posted, I think you may have struck gold with this. This seems to be the missing footage from the July 29th, 1977 UFO crash in Puebla, Mexico. And the, and he wrote, also wrote that the, the mountains look like Pico de Orizaba. And uh, the, this person actually posted uh, pictures of, you could see this mountain in the background with a uh, snow-capped mountain in the background, and it matches up pretty uh, pretty good with uh, a, a recent picture of this mountain, uh, this Pico de Orizaba, uh, near where this uh, alleged crash happened back in 1977. And then uh, Lake Coat also wrote, the footage was never released or take or was taken by the army. There was a crew from Televisa near the site recording a movie in 35 millimeter film. Also, it was early in the morning and a lot of people... I know he must have made a mistake here. A lot of people must have saw it for a few minutes. This is a very interesting and needs to be analyzed. Well, uh, now here's an article. Now, apparently the film there was a film crew there that did capture something, but that apparently that video was already released a long time ago. Uh, but this is something different. I mean, you obviously see uh, a, a flying saucer. Apparently this footage that was uh, filmed uh by this film crew back in the day was uh, showed like something you couldn't really tell what it was it was and it, it didn't show it crashing but anyway here's a, an article uh that was uh from mexico un, uh, Me mexico unexplained called the pueblo ufo crash of 1977 i'm going to read some of this it says july 29th 1977 was an ordinary morning for miguel cruz who owned a small plot of land outside the village of jopala in the northern part of the Mexican state of Puebla. He got up, had a small breakfast, and left his house to start his daily activities. Suddenly, he began hearing loud, thundering sounds overhead, even though it wasn't supposed to rain that day. Cruz told an investigator, Then I looked up, and I saw those burning pieces falling from the sky. They looked very hot. One piece fell very close, and I even thought it was going to hit my head. When I determined that the piece cooled off, I picked it up. That fragment of red-hot metal had even damaged a concrete floor when it fell from the sky. When the piece was cold enough, Cruz wrapped it in some sacks and took it to the church of Jopala to give it to the priest. The priest did not want to keep it and handed it over to the municipal president, Don Antonio Hernandez Garcia, who kept it until he could figure out what to do with it. Other people from Jopala and the nearby towns began finding other fragments of metal related to this same event. Was this somewhat remote part of Puebla, part of some debris field of the breakup of some extraterrestrial craft? The northern part of the Mexican state of Puebla contains some of the most inaccessible and little visited country in all of Mexico. Parts of the state are so remote that they only began to receive European explorers for the first time in the mid-1800s. The heavily forested and mountainous area is very reminiscent of the Pacific Northwest of the United States. As a curious aside, this region of Mexico is home to a legendary creature that is very similar to the North American Bigfoot called the Coatalacas. For more information about the Coatalacas, please see Mexico Unexplained episode blah blah blah. You could, you could check that out when you check out this article but anyhow 
Continuing, in this far-off part of Puebla on that July day in 1977, something did fall out of the sky. The humble Miguel Cruz was not the only witness to the aerial lights display, and he was not the only person to find wreckage of what appears to have been a UFO. According to a Mexican publication at the time, an apple seller from San Francisco went into the towns and villages to sell his produce, spread the word that he had seen an actual flying saucer crash. This generated interest from locals who wanted to see if they could find scraps of metal from the wreckage to sell as as salvage. Many people from the towns of Bivanito and Jopala did find strange pieces of metal in the forest. Besides the many eyewitness accounts, on the morning of July 29, 1977, a radar station in the Pacific coastal town of Zeltonigo tracked an unknown object headed to the northeast. Later, the Benito Juarez International Airport in Mexico picked up the same blip on their radar. In the air that morning, the crew of Aerolinus Argentinas Flight 371 flying their Boeing 707 over the countryside of Oaxaca called in the object. The airport control tower confirmed their sighting. Strangely enough, the object was also caught on film. Someone had told Mexican film director Abel Salazar that there was an unusual object in the sky. Salazar was on location filming the movie Picardia Mexicana and instructed his cameramen to point their cameras upward. On film, the UFO appears to be a large sparkler crossing the sky. Many of the movie crew just assumed that what they were filming was a comet. By the time this strange craft reached Puebla, some witnesses had reported three objects overhead, not just one. Either by explosion or simple breakup, the object or objects eventually crashed in the remote Sierra Norte of the state. As the film footage and eyewitness accounts quickly made it to the press, the event immediately drew interest from local and international UFO researchers. The first formal investigation was made by reporters Fernando J. Telez, Fausto Rosales, and Pablo Latipa Ortega. Author Alfonso Salazar Mendoza accompanied the three reporters and eventually wrote a book about the incident titled Avni Estrala en Puebla, or in English, The UFO Crash in Puebla. Over the course of a few months, the investigators made 13 expeditions to different points in what they called Zone A and Zone B. Zone A included sites originally visited by the curious reporters and UFO seekers, such as Tatino, Libras, Zaragoza, and four other towns. Only two places made up Zone B, the town of Filomino Mata in the state of Veracruz and Jopala, Puebla the site where the first physical evidence of the UFO was found by Miguel Cruz. Alternate areas included the sites of, there was a bunch of other sites in here, we're going to move forward here. The team of reporters took one of the debris samples to a lab and did not inform the lab of the sample's origins. The metallurgists who tested the metal piece came up with some interesting findings. It was an extremely durable steel silicone chromium alloy that was very close to an alloy of Spanish origin used to manufacture high-resistance industrial springs. The metallurgists said it was the first time they had seen something like that in the form of a sheet. They called it a rare piece for a rare use. In late 1977, one keen researcher noted that on July 17, 1977, the Soviet Union launched the Cosmos G2G satellite from the Baikonur Cosmodrome in 
Kazakhstan, the third stage of the rocket that carried the satellite re-entered the Earth's atmosphere in July 29, 1977, the very day of the crash of the alleged Pueblo UFO. When asked by Mexican reporters, the Soviet embassy in Mexico City offered no comment about the incident, nor did they offer any specifics about their space probe program. The Mexican government did not formally investigate that this case, at least publicly. The unsanctioned official story of what happened in the skies over Puebla on that July day were clean and simple. The fragments that fell to Earth were mere pieces of Soviet space hardware. It was all just space junk. Case closed. What are the stories from the locals? The reporters previously mentioned who conducted an extensive boots-on-the-ground investigation did their best to talk to all the eyewitnesses. Many of the people of the remote Sierra Norte of Puebla are native speakers of Totonic, so the investigators faced a bit of language barrier, with younger family members often called in to help with translation to Spanish. One eyewitness said he saw an actual flying saucer on the ground crashed in the forest. Three small beings approximating the greys of UFO lore exited the wreckage, staggering and appearing disoriented before falling to the ground. An often repeated story in the mountains was that of a female American graduate student who was in the area doing field research when the UFO crashed near her. When the woman, when the woman went to the craft, a group of small beings emerged, immobilized her, and took her aboard. In every version of the story, the woman's boyfriend was a United States Marine, but he was not with her. The investigators tried to track down this mysterious American grad student, but had no luck. A story in a French UFO magazine, which covered the events of Puebla, claimed the Mexican military, with the help of the Americans, created a restricted zone at the site of the debris field to gather up all the records and to spirit away any bodies or survivors. The investigators could not confirm this with the locals or with the Mexican government. If there were bodies of aliens in crashed saucer wreckage, what happened to them? In one story told by the locals, the bodies were taken away by townsfolk and burned. In another story, a woman in a village claimed she used the bright red blood of the dead extraterrestrials in the paints she used to decorate her pottery. In the most bizarre story of all, the aliens from the ship, who looked very human, survived the crash. Not only were they uninjured, the spacemen joined a soccer match in one of the local towns and used their mastery of anti-gravity techniques to do unimaginable things with a soccer ball to ensure a hearty victory for their team. It's unknown whether the people who were telling these stories were just repeating what they had heard, or if much of what was being said was lost in translation, or if the locals were just playing jokes on the investigators by making up tall tales. The alleged flying saucer crash at Puebla may be connected to a paranormal hotspot located about 50 miles south of the debris field. Laguna de Alchachica, situated on the borders of the states of Puebla and Veracruz, is a small salty lake inside a collapsed volcanic cone. For years, people have seen UFOs enter and leave the lake, which is rumored to either be bottomless or to have a large subterranean tunnel that connects it with the Gulf of Mexico. Also, people have reported strange creatures in and around the lake, including the Telachana, a mermaid-like serpent woman, a legend that dates to before the arrival of the Spanish. Anyway, I'm not going to read the rest of this, but uh, <clears throat> I will leave the link for you to check it out. Uh, however, I guess, you know, I mean, is this, I mean, this doesn't look like uh, Russian space junk uh, when you see this uh when you look at this video or when you look at this, this is, it looks like a saucer. It looks saucer shaped. And, uh, it looks like it was, that doesn't look like it was, 
uh, it looks like it was filmed from the air, and it sounds actually like it was filmed from the air because you could hear the hum of a motor, of an engine of some sort. And uh, the shaky camera footage, I mean, it's, it would make it seem like, yeah, somebody was shooting this from a plane or something, or a helicopter maybe even. But uh, this is very interesting. And uh, it could be, I mean, wherever this uh, anonymous shadow got this footage, who knows, uh, but this possibly could be. Uh, if it's not the 1977 alleged UFO crash, crash in Pueblo, Mexico, then uh, maybe it's a different crash that happened there because it looks like these mountains do line up. It looks like the same mountain peak in the background as uh, as in a recent fo- recent image. But I guess the question is, uh, where did this uh, footage come from? I mean, that's a big question. I mean, uh, how did this? Uh, who was high- sitting on this for all these years? I mean, it's an obvious flying saucer i mean when you look at it uh um you know did, did, did the military mexican military maybe maybe united states military helping the mexicans or maybe both of them were shooting at it uh the the knock it out of the sky and then film the whole thing and maybe somebody now is just releasing it to the public somehow i don't know is it a hoax maybe could be i don't know uh maybe there is some uh, prosaic explanation to it but it doesn't look like uh, space junk to me I mean it looks like a saucer I mean this obviously looks like your traditional flying saucer that's what it looks like anyway we're going to take a quick break and we shall be right back Okay, we're back. Um, are we better off just letting the aliens just take over? Are we just better off sitting back and doing nothing and just let it happen? Um, you have to look at it. Let's let's figure this. Let's look at this whole thing from the point of view of the aliens themselves, right? Now, these beings, they look down on us, and what do they see? They see a race of violent animals. I mean, basically what we are. I mean, yeah, of course... Yeah, a lot of people out there aren't violent animals, but because there's so many of us that are violent animals, uh, as if you were to be looked at uh, by an outside race uh, from outer space, from another planet, they're going to look at that and they're going to they're they're going to see the bad stuff, right? They're going to notice that. I mean, they're going to notice uh, you know Russia going into Ukraine and all that kind of thing, and people getting killed for no reason whatsoever, except power mad maniacs wanting more wanting to send messages you know wanting to maintain power for whatever reason because they're just crazed you know that's that's what they see they see i mean it's unfortunate a few bad apples makes it bad for all of us right that's the whole reality of the situation i mean if you were to look at this whole situation was you know if you were if you were on the outside looking in and you look down at this he needs i mean and, and that's just you know some of the people who are in powerful positions that do these kind of things that that's bad enough but then you have you know the the regular criminals running around people getting killed all the time you know uh, people selling other people uh, drugs that kill all the time i mean there's just so much badness in this world right where human beings are just terrible to each other uh, so if they look at this, I mean, I mean they would would seem hopeless, right? I mean, it really would. We, we're not getting any better, it doesn't seem, right? People are trying. We try to get better. A lot of people say, we got to make things better. But what happens? Does it ever get better? It never gets better. 
It's always the same story. I mean, just look at not even a hundred years ago, nineteen in the nineteen forties. Look at what happened over in Nazi Germany. My God, my God. I mean, stuff like that. You know, it could happen again because human you, human beings allow people like that to come into power. It could all anything could happen, right? We're just rotten. We're rotten to each other. And so, if you're out, if you're standing outside the box and you're looking down at this mess. Well, you're going to say, well, these things, they're, you can't say, they can't save themselves. And we're going to let them uh, develop technologically and, and come out into space. And what are they going to do then? Yeah, what are we going to do then? Probably not good things. You know, because, you know, people, it's just absolute power corrupts absolutely. It's so true. So true. So whoever we put in charge is, you know, most of the time, a lot of the times, they're going to go, they're going to be power-hungry maniacs. I mean, just look what's going on over in Russia right now. Terrible, terrible, and it's, it's it happens. It's it's all over the world still. Even even we we just don't learn. Human beings don't learn our lessons. We don't learn lessons. A lot of people want to pretend history didn't happen, and then and then this way they could just you know allow the things of the past happen again. But so. Are we just better off to just if the, if there is this hybridization program ongoing, right? Aren't we just better off just to let it happen? Maybe the aliens know what they're doing, right? Maybe they have a maybe maybe if over time uh, uh, they'll fix this problem for us, you know? Because we won't be us anymore; we'll be them. So I guess there's all kinds of ways of looking at this whole situation, and that's just another way of looking at it. Could be. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I don't like it. I don't like that idea. I don't like the idea of a of the human race being slowly absorbed by some extraterrestrial uh, invader. Right? I don't like that idea at all. It sounds sound to me. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. That's one of the scariest movies I ever saw in my life when I was a kid. I don't want that to happen. But in a way, if you're standing outside the box, maybe it's the right thing to happen. Maybe it's a good thing. Right? I mean, because we're never going to get a grip, I don't think. I don't see it happening. We're never going to get a grip. So, maybe that's what this whole, this whole thing is about. To get us under control, under their control, to allow it to happen. I mean, to, to allow them to basically... That's how it's going to... The only way we're going to ever learn is by changing. Physically. In all ways. Right, we got to get rid of these uh, what's ever in our brains that causes us to act like maniacs, right? And the only way that to make that happen is uh, via a hybridization program. I don't know; it's just another way to look at this whole thing. Uh, again, I'm not saying I like the idea. <clears throat> I'm just saying it could be. It could be the reasoning behind all of this because we're uncontrollable, we're, we're unpredictable, and we can't be trusted. We can't. We can't trust each other. We can't trust each other. I mean, for the most part, a lot of us try to be nice and, and live good lives, right? That's true. But there's just too many of us out there who are just selfish and, and rotten and would sell their own mothers out. And that's just the way things are in this world. Um, anyhow, it's just an idea. Maybe, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe we're better off. Maybe we just should sit back, forget about the government just forget about disclosure. Forget about all of it. Let's just sit back and let it happen. Just let them take over. Why not? Maybe it's for the best. You know, it will end all this fighting and violence and hate. 
Maybe that's what the whole purpose is behind the cybernization program. It might take a thousand years, who knows? Uh, but maybe that's the only way because I don't see the human race. I mean, you you look at the way things are now and the way things were in the past. Really, what has changed? There's still monsters among us, right? People chopping off people's heads over in the Middle East you know, because of religion, right? It's, it's nothing changes. We're the human race. We're just we're monsters to each other, and there, maybe the only way to change that would be by alien intervention and alien intervention via hybridization program change the structure of the entire human race change the infrastructure of our dna that might be the only way to change this and so if you look at it from that point of view maybe it's a good thing maybe it's a good thing 